Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Welcome to the Lion's Den. Welcome back. The lion's den. I have no idea what I'm even talking about at this point. Why I, are you always lying? My intros are always off the very top of my head. I have no rhyme, reason, or plan. It's just right off the top. So sometimes things like that come out. <laughs> What's up, everybody? My name is Tim, of course. Oh, well, right. Taylor Lewan, huh? Ten, oh, that, was, that was Taylor Lewan that went down? I think it might have been. Ryan Tannehill just ran one in. Showing off the showing off the yeah. wheels, baby. Tanny with the legs. Tanny with the legs. Yo, everyone. Did you see that Julio catch, Tim? I did. It was marvelous. By the way, if you can't tell, we are watching the Monday Night Football game as we record. Um, have it on the background, of course. We're paying attention more to this, but got it in the background. But right now, Ryan Tannehill running in a touchdown. You see that replay like six times, so bound to see that. Um, but yeah. We are recording during the game, so that's pretty cool. We're going to give you live updates. Um, this was a weird week in fantasy. This was like one of the weirder weeks that I... I think this is the weirdest week, especially the way it, it started off where five handcuff running backs score touchdowns, and that kind of set the tone for the day. I feel like there weren't a lot of big scores um, around the league because a lot of the guys who you expect Cooper to... Cup, of course. I mean, if you had, if you were like Michael when he playing me, and you have Cooper Cup, and you have another guy who scored thirty, who else scored thirty? Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. I had a nice week against Daryl. Well, nice week. Michael completely handed me my ass this week. It was an embarrassment. What was it? it was like one fifty three to eighty seven. My team did nothing. I had Chase Claypool. Like that, I had Antonio Gibson. Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Yeah, I just had a whole bunch of busts on my team. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, if you want to avoid getting busts on your team, then you need to prepare yourself in every way possible. And the best way to dominate fantasy football is of course with the fantasy football by Brodo app, our child, our love, our baby. It is everything you need to be the best period. And you get it all for free. What do you get? You get the start sit tool, one of the most important tools. And we just added star ratings. So you have a player rating and you have a matchup rating. So if you want to know if they're going up against a good matchup, you know. It also gives you something that's underrated, points per game to position. So you see that the Titans were giving up 36 points per game to wide receivers. You're like, oh, oh yeah, I'm going to fire up everybody. Um, fantasy player cards, player comps. Podcasts, consistency charts, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and of course, advanced stats and exclusive stats. Our very first children, true throw value, true target value, true performance value, rushing yards over expected, and of course, our brand new one, adjusted air yards. You can get all this and more for free right now if you download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app because of the people over at Patreon, patreon.com slash brodofantasy if you want to support the show and you want to support the app. And you also get so many perks like access to the Discord, one of the best communities of all time. I was just in there talking shit with them today. Um, You get a free episode, the waiver wire episode, arguably our most important episode. Um, You get 
to play in leagues with us. You get giveaways. You get team consultations. We had a very good team consultation this week where we helped out some guys. So come join the fun. Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. With that being said, Michael, are you ready to hear from our one, our only, the famous? The one that I know and Jason doesn't, Donnie H. (laughs) Donnie H. time. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Yeah, Michael, we missed you last week. Jason did a did a valiant job in in your in your steed, in your stead. Eh, hey, he did okay. What are you gonna do? His <laughs> life. Um, let's get to the headlines, and and you know, like it usually is on these Mondays, it's gonna be a lot of injury uh, headlines. First things first, Nick Chubb did not practice today because they play on Thursday, so the Browns have practice today. It is a good idea to think that he's not going to play at this point. Kareem Hunt, they were talking about a season-ending Achilles for Kareem Hunt. It's not that. Seems as though it's a calf, but it's already going to be he's going to be out several weeks. That brings us to Dearness Johnson and Demetric Felton. I want to ask you about this, Michael, because I've seen two sides of the coin so far out there in Twitter land. I've seen people who are, you know, chalk the 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 thinking that you might think that everyone is, it's this is a valuable running back position. I want the starting running back for the Browns, which is absolutely like what the the first thought in your head is. There is a descending opinion that Nick Chubb is incredible. Kareem Hunt is incredible. And you can't just replace these guys with solid backfield production to the point where I saw someone who I respect his opinion say, don't even waste your fab on the Browns running backs. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, it's a tough situation because Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are incredible players, right? You can't act like that isn't the truth. And now you got Dearness Johnson and Felton here where people, these are the two that are likely going to get more playing time, but They've made it clear in Cleveland that Felton's not going to be a normal back. Like, he was a running back wide receiver. They drafted him as a wide receiver during the draft. They've used him wide receiver far. So, I mean, I understand the excitement because he's a rookie and all that. But the dude's not going to be a standard running back. So, it's clearly going to be Dearness Johnson next man up, in my opinion, as the lead back on this team. But how many carries is he going to get? Is who's going is Felton going to be the pass catching back, as well as a maybe slot type receiver when he's on the field? Try to mix him in a bit more. Maybe Jarvis Landry returns and they lean on him a little bit more. It's a Thursday game. Maybe Baker Mayfield doesn't even play. Right? Like he's getting a second opinion now, and I don't think there has ever been a time where getting a second opinion has been a positive statement. Yeah. <laughs> like he's getting a second opinion older he's gonna swing in the press conference and play thursday night so ultimately when it comes down to the ernest johnson Demetric felton we're gonna discuss this a lot more on the waiver pod tomorrow and you know that's where the good good is for the patrons so 
if you want to become a patron and listen to the podcast, we welcome it. Please do. <laughs> um, and we will be discussing fab spending for these fellows. Michael. <laughs> Michael. You know, sometimes uh, sometimes you get the sneaky sneaky. And Michael, that was a that was a nice sneaky sneaky. Um, David Bakhtiari. Very sneaky, sir. <laughs> David Bakhtiari back at practice. I think this is a big one because uh, the Green Bay offense has not been, although they had a good game, they haven't been as explosive as last year. And when you're talking about a left tackle, the at the caliber of David Bakhtiari, having him back is always a good news. So um, he's going to practice this week, and we'll see if he can go. Yeah, he could also crush beards with the best of them. You ever see that video at a hockey game where he just stone cold Steve Austin's a couple of beers and just chugs him? That's like, a, like that half was, a second. That was like a thing in Milwaukee at Milwaukee Bucks games. Oh, it was a Bucks game, right? Yeah, yeah he, that was uh, like a thing. He made Aaron Rodgers look terrible. Yeah, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers not. He doesn't seem like the the chugging type. Aaron Rodgers definitely doesn't seem like the chugging type. Yeah. Um, Paris Campbell. This one, man. Do you know what's something else I see on Twitter? Maybe we should, Tim, real quick, not to yeah. cut you off, but maybe we should just rename the injury segment the Paris Campbell segment. No, that's ah, that's just it's that's a little, a, it's a little mean, right? That's that's mean, Michael. You're better than that. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I apologize, Paris. It sucks because dude, the dude can't stay healthy. And I saw I saw someone say that it, it being injury prone is a myth on Twitter, like with nothing yeah. to back up his statement. That's what the the injury doctors like to say. Injury prone is a myth. Meanwhile, you're going to tell me that guys like Derrick Henry who never get hurt and guys like Jordan Reed who are just consistently get hurt and ended up ruining his career because he couldn't stay healthy. You're saying that guy, Jordan Reed, doesn't have a less trustworthy body than Derrick Henry. Like, it's just, come on. It's just dumb. I I'm going to say this. I think Jordan Reed's a bad example because he kept getting concussions. Um, that is think... a body in general, though. Yeah, I hear you, but I mean, like, I think Paris Campbell is more of like a situation, or even Kareem yeah, Hunt. Enough. Like Kareem Hunt's a guy who keeps getting hurt too. Uh, we're gonna oh. get, we're gonna get to. I Kareem thought it was Hunt. Diggs' time too, but it was not. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're gonna get to Kareem Hunt in a little bit, but uh, well, Paris Campbell, by the way, now that we're talking about injury-prone people. Frank Reich said his foot injury is significant. Uh, you saw him catch a touchdown, a big play uh, in this game. So it looked like, oh, this is the guy that we we thought we were going to see coming out of Ohio State. And then, again, he said he's going to miss some time. This sucks for him. Uh, this definitely sucks for Colts fans. And it sucks for anyone who has him in fantasy. And it just sucks in general. You hate, hate talking about that. Yeah, Any I mean, thoughts, that's, Michael? <laughs> no, right. I agree with you. I mean, wait, did Cole Beasley just score a touchdown? No, he didn't. Yes, he did, baby. 29-yard touchdown. Let's go. I need a big game between the Allen and Beasley combo, so that's ginormous for me. I knew Cole Beasley was going to have a big game today. I, I felt it in my loins after the two down weeks. I sat him against you and not that it would have made any bit of a difference at all yeah i know i was gonna tell you to, to start him but you only asked jason on the podcast i respect you for it but i was like all right don't ask me <laughs> <laughs> um patrick peterson also on injured reserve uh he was getting torched by wide receivers so that's actually bad news fantasy wise 
Get well soon, Patrick <laughs> Peterson. Jimmy Garoppolo returned to practice Monday. I think there's an upgrade for everyone on the 49ers. Lance, Tra- Lance did practice, so it's like it just seems like Jimmy G is going to be the guy uh, upon his return this Sunday. Yeah, for sure. If he does fully return. Um, Michael Thomas, this one is good news and bad news. Good news because he is off the pup list. Bad news is that, according to a report, he's still a couple weeks away. Uh, sounds like week eight or week nine debut, which is, you know, later than we would have hoped as fantasy managers who have been keeping him on the IR. But with that being said, he is a human being. So hopefully Michael Thomas gets there soon. If you've been holding on to him, I hope he pays off. Yeah, uh, now would be a decent time to check who in your league has Michael Thomas. If it's a one and four, one and five after this week or two and four team after this week and they need immediate help, maybe trade one of your wide receiver three, four bench players you know, one of the bi-week feeling type guys and try to acquire Michael Thomas. Maybe like one of those, like a Hunter Renfro type, consistently unspectacular, but consistently solid who could help out a team. Maybe offer a Hunter Renfro for Michael Thomas to a team that uh, needs immediate help. I don't think anyone's accepting that kind of deal. I've got to say, if you've been, wait, if you've been waiting for one Michael in Thomas, five teams are pretty desperate. They get desperate. If you've been waiting for Michael Thomas this long, though, like... You're you're gonna you might wait it out. Although Michael, uh, my team in the fantasies draft, which is the the league we have with friends and uh, our significant others, my team is trash, absolute absolute my garbage. In, uh, my team is in first place, Tim, and I needed 18 points from Stefan Diggs today, and he's already at like 17, so a couple more in the second half, and I'm going to continue my first place reign in that league as well as our home league here. Well, Michael. Um, if you want to talk to me about acquiring Michael Thomas, I'm all ears. Hey, yo, I, I could use some immediate help. Hunter Renfro? <laughs> no, I definitely don't. I would definitely <laughs> I would not take Renfro. Hunter Renfro, but I'd take someone, you know, in, in that category where I could just. We ooh. shall talk. We shall talk. Um, Michael, do you know what, do you know what season it is right now? What season it is? I'm Turn about to, season? I'm about to drop a dime on you. Get your nickels ready. No quarterback. Rashad Penny. (laughs) Seahawks coach Pete Carroll said Rashad Penny will be activated from injured reserve this week. Let's fucking go. Right right in the right time. Right in the right time. And Alex Collins might be hurt as well. Yes, right in the right time. Alex Collins. That Seahawks backfield is is, funny stuff, I got to say. Alex Collins got a glute issue. That is painful. I don't know if anyone's ever pulled a muscle in their buttocks, but that shit hurts. Well, we have a 16-team dynasty league. My three main running backs are Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, and Mike Davis. Nick Chubb obviously is out. Mike Davis was on a bye week. Um, I forget. I have Terry Cohen as well, who's on IR, Rashad Penny, who's on IR. So I ended up having to pick up and start Travis Homer last night. He got me a solid five and a half, and I won the game. So shout out Travis Homer. It's on the topic of Seahawks backs. I mean, <laughs> look, Michael, you did your thing. You made it out alive. Uh, Michael also started. Um, who did you start? Like OJ Howard in that league. Yeah, OJ Howard, like a mad random ass tight end. That's like great dart throw picking, I must say. Yeah, totally nailed it. Antonio Gibson went through an MRI in his injured shin. 
That's the only report. I don't see what happened to it. Yeah. There was a report this morning. They were waiting on MRI results for his shin, and I guess they just decided, eh, we'll let the people know another time. I don't know what's going on with that either. Yeah, it was just the the news is that he, for an update. he got an MRI. Um, I, I guess you guys are gonna be talking about Jarrett Patterson in the in the review show, and I mean in the in the waiver pod next week. Um, interesting comments by Matt Rule, who definitely was feeling the hurt after. Uh, losing his third straight after winning three in the beginning of the season. Uh, he said he wants to redefine who we are on offense, including a commitment to establishing the run. Uh, Chuba Hubbard has been good. He's not CMC, but he's been good for you if you have him. But And this is only better news. Um, it's very unfortunate. I, I was like, bro, when they ruled out Christian McCaffrey, I was like, I cannot believe this damn team didn't place Christian McCaffrey on IR. So, like, the Panthers legit just wasted three weeks not having a roster spot in a very depth-dependent league that is the NFL and then put him on the IR after three weeks. I mean, he definitely had to tweak the hamstring again. Like, he, all signs pointed to him at least maybe returning this week and now to just be placed on the IR, clearly he tweaked it again, which is very unfortunate. I think it's a 1,000% that he, he heard it in practice. Thousand percent. They're trying to rush him back a little too soon. Yeah, there's no other option. Um, Baker Mayfield says he'll absolutely play Week Seven against the Broncos. Um, And then they reported he's getting a second opinion, so time will tell. Yes. Again, nothing ever good happens when you get a second. And Baker has been. I don't. People. Some people were predicting like this huge Baker breakout. He was one of my complete avoids in fantasy. I mean, I don't understand what was going on there. And I it just Baker Mayfield is not not who I thought he was going to be coming out of college. He's just a very, very mediocre quarterback. Dan Campbell, a rookie head coach. It was interesting. Did you see his uh, press conference? I didn't. I just saw, I don't know, some people were making fun of it. People people love to make fun of Dan Campbell for whatever reason ever since he uh, – he sold. He said he was going to bite kneecaps. It's I mean, I guess he brought that one upon himself. But it's because of the internet, man. No one would say any of that to Dan Campbell's face because everyone who says that knows Dan Campbell would legitimately kill them. Um, Jared Goff. He said, and the way he said it needs to be addressed because he's a rookie head coach, but he's been around the league. He was a tight end in the league. He's been an assistant with with the the Saints, who have a very professional head coach in Sean Payton. They asked a question about Jared Goff, and he was like, he was about to say something, then he stopped, he paused, and he thought about it. And then he said that Jared Goff needs to step up. He says, just like, he did say just like everyone else on the team, but he's like, it's time for him to make some big throws. It's time for him to step up. It's time for him to carry us a little bit here. Uh, So interesting words about Jared Goff, the new guy in town after six weeks. Obviously, the first two weeks were pretty good, but recently not, has not been good for Jared Goff, and you've seen that trickle down uh, to the Lions. Look, I don't want anyone to, to shoot me. I know this might be uh, like shoot-worthy at this point, but is there any more overhyped person in the NFL right now than DeAndre Swift for whatever reason? Like He's yet to have a giant game, DeAndre Swift. He's yet to have like a really, really giant game. And he's had two dud games. And people are acting like he's an every week lock it and load it RB1. People are talking about RB1 for Dynasty. 
relax. Yeah. Pump, pump the brakes a bit. And he uh he still splitting work with Williams, like with Jamal Williams on a bad offense. I really like DeAndre Swift at his ADP, third, fourth round, but now people are acting like if they redrafted today, they'd take the dude top five overall. Like you gotta chill. He's not he's not a top five fantasy player. Right I was now. gonna I was gonna say and, and it's the thing about it is that his his fantasy output doesn't justify how crazy people are going over him. You know what I mean? It would be something if he was going crazy. But he's having okay games. Like he had a he saved his day with a garbage time touchdown last week. But yeah. You know, but I think his highest game is like 18 points. Like not it's not he's like been, he's, he's the been going fire. nuts in the fourth quarter with receptions kind of like back-to-back weeks of Jalen Hurts getting Four rushing touchdowns total over the last two weeks in the fourth quarter, going from like seven fantasy points on the day to like twenty-seven, just like that. Mm. Kind of what DeAndre Swift has been doing in the fourth quarters. That's true, but anyway, the entire Lions offense needs to needs to step it up. Uh, that's for damn show, Michael. We are done with the headlines, believe it or not. Um, time to move on. It's time to move on, and in our first segment, we're going to be talking about the things that, of course. We saw it coming. I saw that coming from a mile away. All right, Mike. What did you see coming from a mile away? First one I saw coming, Mr. J.D. McKissick of the Washington football team. Very, very good game script type game for J.D. McKissick from the start going against the Kansas City Chiefs. He ended with eight rushes, 45 rushing yards, 10 targets, eight receptions, 65 yards. Good enough for 15 half PPR fantasy points, um, 19 full PPR fantasy points, and that's without even scoring a touchdown, over 100 total purpose yards. I like J.D. McKissick a lot as a flex play this week and as an RB2 fill-in if you were dealing with injuries and such. And I, I even told the patrons with Antonio Gibson's injury, go ahead and get J.D. McKissick and maybe see what people are willing to offer for Antonio Gibson. That was before Antonio Gibson's injury, and then Antonio Gibson re-upped the injury this Sunday, and now he's getting an MRI. And J.D. McKissick, he could also be in the stock rising section because if Antonio Gibson is forced to miss time with only Jarrett Patterson and company in that running back room around him, J.D. McKissick is going to see more rushing work and is still going to be the pass catching back. So he could be a pretty valuable RB2 flex guy if Gibson is forced to miss time. I mean, it sounds sounds like uh, it's it, I, I'm Jared Patterson. I I don't want to. I'm trying to talk around it because I know that you're gonna talk about it tomorrow, so I won't talk about it too much. But I think that's the guy I'm concerned about when it comes to McKissick. But he should have potential in fantasy, even if he's not the main guy. Even if he's not the first and second down back, like he'll have potential uh in fantasy McKissick if if Antonio Gibson misses any time even if he doesn't miss time he has some potential but if if Gibson misses time then yeah you're right like he's he's someone to to really think about um someone who we didn't think about in Brodo uh in terms of drafting was Joe Mixon but that's right he didn't saw that coming because even though we hated Joe Mixon we told you that this week is a week that Joe Mixon usually does his thing and here he is, and he did his thing. 18 carries for 94 yards, five receptions for 59 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown, 
like some of that some of those fantasy points should have went to Jamar Chase. I feel like Jamar Chase should have got like three fantasy points for that touchdown. What a what a tremendous play by Jamar Chase because he was motioning from the other side. He did not have to follow the play like that. He could have just, you know, ran to the other side, motion, be a decoy, and give it up. That dude jetted past Joe Mixon, laid down the block to ensure he got in the end zone. It was a tremendous play by the young man. Michael's Michael, I think, is in love with Jamar Chase. I think it's it's He's love. glorious. It's love at first sight for Michael and Jamar. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's my first saw that coming. Joe Mixon, Michael, who's your first saw that coming? My second, second saw that coming, Tim. This one is to tease you a little bit, um, because guess pick, what? Pick up the phone, Mike. Oh, this is my uh. Uh, funny enough, this is my girlfriend's laptop that I'm using, and it just started ringing because it's connected to her phone. <laughs> I thought that was you, Tim. I, th- I was about to be like, yo, Tim, really? You can't turn off your fucking phone right now? <laughs> so sorry about that. But <laughs> my second saw that coming is to tease Tim a little bit. And because I called it, Javante Williams had another Javante Williams game. 11 yeah. rushes, 53 rushing yards, three receptions, 15 yards. Everybody was clamoring, including Tim. Javante Williams' breakout week is upon us. And I said, or he's just going to split work with Melvin Gordon again. And if he doesn't find the end zone, he's just going to put up 8 to 12 points. And you got 8.3 points out of Javante Williams if he played him this week. Even though he looked tremendous on the field, if you watch that game, he made several um, impressive plays. He's just he's splitting work with Melvin Gordon. And it's a team that like is not an offensive juggernaut so if he doesn't find the end zone he's just going to continue being a meh flex play option even if he's a good player until something changes and it doesn't seem like anything's changing in that backfield anytime soon the broncos losing a few games i think is a, is good news for javante williams if there's any reason for if there's any time that he would be that guy it would be because they're trying to change something because uh, he just looks a lot better than, than Melvin Gordon. It's not that Melvin Gordon looks bad, and that's the problem. The problem is Melvin Gordon is still good. This is something that also I mentioned in the offseason. Melvin Gordon is still good. People, you know, I, I got caught in the trap this week, and so I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. But yeah, Melvin Gordon is still good, so there's, they're going to give the ball to him. My, I, you know what, since you're flexing on me, Michael, I see your flex, and I got a flex on you. Because when we were going over the Colts game, I said Jonathan Taylor has RB RB number one overall potential in this game, and you said, "Oh no, no way, no way!" Not because of all the work that the other guys are going to get. Well, Jonathan Taylor just happened to go ape shit (laughs) without needing so much work because Houston sucks. Um, yep. 14 carries for 145 yards and two TDs for man. I just thought he Mr. wouldn't be the, the running back one overall. It's not like I faded the damn guy this week. I said he's a must start RB one. Fuck off. Well, I, I said he was <laughs> going to be the RB one overall and he was. So haha. All right. True. True. Suck me. I don't know. Derrick Henry's still, still That's playing. True. Right Derrick now. Henry's still playing. He's already at like 90 yards and a touchdown. At that, that, uh, it's, it's so funny because Derrick Henry, when he has these breakaway runs, when he has these 74 yard runs, they're not like other people's runs. Like other people, they, they, they juke or they cut and then they like, they got to get angles. Like all of Derrick Henry's are just like 
he busts through two guys and then runs straight by everyone. Like he's stronger and faster than everybody. It's insane. Um, I know I mentioned this a lot, but if you have not yet, go and check Derrick Henry's high school stats. Derrick Henry was the best high school player in the history of high school. I think he had like, like in the history of high school. Yeah, seriously. I don't even want to. I don't even want to guess because I'm going to guess a, a wild number, and I bet you it's going to be more than that. He had he he averaged like almost like 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 300 yards a game or some shit like that. It was it's it's like ridiculous. Anyway, Michael, that's it, right? That's two and two. Two and two. Look at you, Tim. Getting better at this. You know, you know, it's you know how how many years have we been doing this now? This is the third year of this show. It's Second been eighty four years. Eighty four years. Uh, let's talk about the people who surprised us. The surprise section. The people who we didn't exactly see coming. Surprise, motherfucker. You know, we gotta. It's it's it takes me back. It takes me aback. The surprise, motherfucker. Just like it's a harsh word. It's a harsh Still? word. Maybe we should change that it up. Is, it is. It's a harsh word. <laughs> eh, it's fun though. It is. It, it's a In fun this podcast, harsh it's word. It's all about fun. That is true. Do you you make that clear, Michael? Michael, who's your first surprise? Surprise. <laughs> My first surprise. Surprise. Shout out to. One of the best special teams players in the game for years now, who is finally getting a chance to run with the ones at the wide receiver position. And it's been a little impressive doing so. And that's Jamal Agnew. Back-to-back weeks without DJ Chark. It has not been LaVisca Chenault stepping up. Womp, womp, LaVisca Chenault. True, there's... It has been Jamal Agnew, who has now seen... Has now, who has now seen 13 targets over the last two weeks. Converted 13 targets into 11 receptions, um, 41 yards in week five, 78 yards in week six, 7.9 fantasy points, 10.3 fantasy points these past couple weeks. Not blowing you out of the water by any means. I'm not saying this guy is going to be a top 36 wide receiver moving forward or anything like that. But in a pinch for people who needed a um, a flex type guy, Jamal Agnew has been that and could be next week because next week, I'm telling you right now, a little bit of a bicopolypse, bicopolypse happening. Bipocalypse. Um, a bipocalypse. <laughs> Bicopo- got bicopolypse. I, I quit. I'm just gonna say a bi Armageddon <laughs> happening. Um, so not a some little. people may be really forced to go deep, and Jamal Agnew has been a nice little part of that offense, seeing a lot of snaps and targets. And I mean, the dude has always been able to operate in space well. He's one of the best kick returners in the league. He's the one who returned the 109 yard kickoff um against Jacksonville the the Matt Prater and the Cardinals I believe it was um so yeah shout out to Jamal Agnew who is finally getting a shot to play wide receiver and he's doing doing a decent job Michael you said a little bit of a bipocalypse this is probably the biggest bipocalypse we've had it's maybe gonna be, ever it's gonna be rough because it's seven teams and it's also listen to the teams the Buffalo Bills that's like four players right there. The Dallas Cowboys, that's like five players right there. Jacksonville Jaguars, that's it. Two three, two to three players right there. Los Angeles Chargers, that's another four or five players. Minnesota Vikings, that's another four or five players. And Pittsburgh Steelers, another three players, three, four players. Wow, I was just saying, that's funny. I was just saying Jamal Agnew is like a bye week filling during the bye Armageddon, but he's on bye next week. Yeah. <laughs> But dude, yeah, so maybe not. Whoa. That is ridiculous. 
I know I have yeah. a bunch of buys. Like I'm in a lot of tough situations in a lot of leagues. That's why it hurt so bad losing to you this week, you fucking you piece of trash. I am losing playing, or getting destroyed. I'm playing Steph though. Get it right, team. Next Get week, it right. So uh, look at you. Shout yeah. out Steph. Last place. The premier last place player in our league yeah. year after year. Holds that holds that spot <laughs> down very well. Uh, holds it, Acts holds like it down. he's not going to end in last. Ultimately ends in last. The thing is that he's not bad at fantasy. He's just... Bad against us. <laughs> he's or just, so they say. He's just bad against us. Um, speaking about just bad against us, the Los Angeles Chargers are my surprise, surprise. Just go in general. Chargers, go. The entire Los Angeles Chargers franchise. Justin Herbert. 195 yards, total passing, and a touchdown. Austin Eckler, six carries for seven yards, four for 48 in the air. Keenan Allen, five for 50. Mike Williams, two for 27. Oh, my God, Mike Williams. These two bus games that Mike Williams has had, it is not a, it is not a coincidence that those are also uh, my worst losses that I've had on a lot of my teams because Mike Williams is rostered probably on – every single one of my teams except one um jared cook ca- caught a touchdown at least so if you started jared cook at tight end you were happy but dude they had an opportunity to kind of establish themselves as a like a real contender in the afc and they did a very chargers thing like i know it's a new coaching staff and i know it's a new it's a new era it's a new quarterback but this is the same so, old Chargers in terms of like how they performed in this game. Yeah, and I love Brandon Staley's um, aggressiveness typically, but he made some very interesting fourth down calls. Like this dude went for it on what fourth and three it was from his own like nineteen yard line or something, and didn't get it. That basically put the nail in the coffin. Like to begin the third quarter, it's like damn. Well, that that was a little a little surprising. It's not like the game was out of reach at that point. Like just because they had one bad drive doesn't mean it's not going to turn around. But to go for it on your own like 19-yard line is pretty crazy. Especially because you're a defensive guy. Like trust your defense. Yeah. It I was I was going to say too like this is this is definitely a case of the rookie head coach was outclassed by a very good for a very long time head coach and John Harbaugh is just like he outcoached him like crazy in this in this game as well. And you know Lamar Jackson is hard to game plan against for anyone, especially a rookie head coach. So um, the 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 Ravens took it to them. The Ravens did really well, but not even a good performance to be salvaged out of this. Uh, the Chargers scored a touchdown, correct? And then their kicker, yeah, it was it was Jared Cook, and then their kicker missed another. Extra point. Five extra points this dude has missed. How he still has a yeah. job is beyond me. But, yeah, the entire Los Angeles Chargers are my uh, surprise, surprise. Michael, who's your second surprise, surprise? Uh, my second surprise, surprise is someone who I faded this year. Didn't really want anything to do with him. Has been pretty successful. Was pretty successful through the first four weeks. Had a huge week five. An injury happened to Juju Smith-Schuster, and it seemed like it was going to be all uphill from there. And then Chase Claypool in a tremendous matchup against Seattle on seven targets goes two receptions, 17 yards. Did not play well. And and it just goes right back into, well, maybe I was right about Chase Claypool, even without Juju there, because that is just a despicable 
performance against one of the worst secondaries like in NFL history. They legitimately have had one of the worst starts in NFL history through the first five weeks through the air, similar to what they did last year. Even um, they've just been, I don't know how you could start a year back to back with like historically bad passing defenses, but Seattle somehow has pulled that off. Now they have a bye this week. Maybe they could, uh, but maybe they could get stuff going over the bye week, but the Pittsburgh offense is just not looking great. Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson seem to just be the entire offense at this point. And, um, Certainly surprised to see Chase Claypool have that bad of a game and that great of a matchup. <sighs> Very disappointing. I was on the opposite side of you, Michael. Me and you have had our showdowns about Clay- Chase Claypool in the offseason. I was a Chase Claypool guy. Um, but and, it, and you can't even blame Big Ben. It was, I mean, it's obviously like Ben's fault because, because he's the one throwing the footballs it, for, to a point. But it was Claypool. Like he got opportunities and he did not take advantage of them. And it's disappointing to see because he's such a big, athletic freak. He's such a such an like big dude. You wish that he could use that to his advantage a little more. Uh, but he's gonna have the opportunity. So I don't, I don't think his stock is down. He's not in the stock down section. So that's good. Um, I just hope it it is definitely a a stock that people are got on the watch list uh, going forward. Real quick, Tim, on Derrick Henry's touchdown rush, he reached 21.8 miles per hour, which is the fastest of any ball carrier this year and the fastest recording ever of his career. For those who thought maybe he was going to lose a step this season, he just recorded the fastest (laughs) speed ever. He literally gained a step. Oh, my God. They're showing him working out right now. This guy is just absurd. Uh, This guy is an animal. Like he, He looks like a different person. Like He looks like his... This guy, Absolute oh my monster. goodness, he must be, he, he's like, he looks like he was like, his father is Zeus. <laughs> um, let's go, let's go on to uh, the second, the second one. Adam Thielen is my surprise, surprise, because he scored a touchdown. That's not surprising. He had a good game when scoring a touchdown. So not surprising. 11 receptions for 126 yards. Now that is surprising. And... I officially quit my stance as an as an Adam Thielen detractor. Adam, you got me. You've won me over. I'm with you. I'm going to be ranking you a little higher in my rankings going forward. Uh, I take it back. You've proved yourself worthy. I'm sorry, Adam. The end. Oh, there goes Derrick Henry again. Yep. Shocking. Yeah, Adam Thielen had a monster ball game, which is good to see, especially for Adam Thielen drafters, because he has had he has piggybacked a couple awful performances, so it was nice for him to break out. Um Kirk Cousins and that whole offense actually ended up having a pretty damn good game all around. KJ Osborne ended up having a very nice game, ending it off with a touchdown in overtime as well. Shout out KJ Osborne, who's having a very nice season after not even like catching a pass as a rookie last year. If you have not checked out Crunch Time Live um, with Santiago Casanova, the fourth Brodo bro from another mother, um, if you have not checked that out yet, live uh, uh, on Sundays at 11 p.m. East, uh, I'm sorry, 11 a.m. Eastern time, I was the guest this week, and you were mentioning that Kirk Cousins has a great, had a good game, 
and someone asked me on the podcast, I mean on the for for advice and they asked Sam Darnold or Kirk Cousins. I told him Kirk Cousins. I hope you listened cuz Sam Darnold absolutely blew uh this game. He sucked. Absolutely um, atrocious performance from Sam absolutely Darnold. Absolutely the one of the worst performances. And I'm a Sam Darnold guy and there was also eight drops. And he that did That was it was a little absurd how badly the receiver's hands were he played well operating in the end as well <laughs> this is why i always like sam Darnold. and i have a thing in my heart for guys who get better Look, when it's crunch time and he does he gets better in crunch time i'll tell you sam Darnold had a bad game i'm not a sam Darnold guy at all i think he's trash but that throw to ian thomas if you haven't seen it yet it was a third and long from like his own end zone that basically would end the game if he didn't get a completion absolute dime to Ian Thomas. I don't think it's getting nearly enough recognition. Like people should be clamoring over it. It's one of the best throws I've seen the entire season. It was absolutely ridiculous throw. Unlike a fourth and 20. I think it was like third and 15 or something, Oh, but they needed to convert and absolute dime. Maybe it was a fourth down. Either way. It was just glorious. They caught a super cool angle of it too. I'm surprised it's not getting more love on the replays. They caught the angle like down the barrel where like, like Sam threw the ball at the camera. Uh, it was a cool angle. Did you say your second surprise surprise already, Michael? Yeah, we can move on. All right, let's get into it. Whose stock is up? Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Grand slam home run, says Leo DiCaprio. Michael, who's your grand slam home run? Grand slam home run first stock up is the newest, probably has to be ranked as an RB1 going forward, Mr. Uh, Leonard Fournette of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oof. Leonard Fournette has been, ta- has, has been taken over that backfield, if you're speaking like a New Yorker. <laughs> and he has been absolutely tremendous if you're just speaking as a person who's just been in a normal way. <laughs> 22 rush attempts this past week against Philly. Six receptions as well. 28 total touches. 27.7 half PBR fantasy points. This is coming off 16 total touches the week prior and 23 total touches the week before that. Even with Dio Bernard in the mix, Leonard Fournette has three receptions, four receptions, six receptions, back-to-back-to-back weeks since he's just completely supplanted Ronald Jones in that backfield. This is Leonard Fournette's backfield, clearly, and he is in the most dynamic offense in the league. That offense is absolutely unreal, and to be the running back in that offense is certainly a good thing. So sign me up for some Leonard Fournette going forward. His stock is way up, in my opinion. Um, It's hard to completely buy into it and trust it just because history of that Tampa Bay backfield is not great. Like if Fournette loses a fumble or some shit, you'd never know if they just decide Rojo's the guy now. Well, I don't really see that happening this year. I really think if you could get Leonard Fournette for cheap, it's a decent idea to go ahead and do that. And um, his, his, he's looking like a very, very good fantasy pick for those who grabbed him like the eighth to 10th round this year. They still, they still use Ronald Jones. Kinda. Eh. Yeah. He gets like, Four or five, Three to five touches a game at yeah. this point. Yeah. Ugh. That's that was a now they just use him as a typical spell back. It's uh you know, playoff Lenny. He came in, 
He saw, he conquered. Yeah. My first stock rising is a guy who got his college teammate back and did wonders with it. Jalen Waddle ended up as wide receiver four this week. 13 targets, 10 receptions, 70 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, 24 half PPR points, 29 PPR points. This guy put up a huge game. It was to his first game back since... since Here's here's what Jalen Waddle did with Tua at quarterback in week one. Four targets, 61 yards, one TD. All right, so they have that built in right off the bat. Then he followed that up with eight targets. He didn't really have the game that he needed, only six for 48, but eight targets. Then Jacoby Brissett plays, right? And do you remember what happened with him and Jacoby Brissett in the first game? Michael, do he you? had a shitload of catches. 13 targets, 12 receptions, but for just 58 yards. And then yeah, in the next absurd. game following that, he didn't even look at him. So you wanted to see when Tua returns, you're like, all right, Jalen Waddle has obviously, he's part of this offense. We need a better quarterback throwing him the ball. Will he deliver when it's actually time for Tua time? When it's actually Tua time, and he absolutely did. And his stock is up because that Miami defense is absolutely terrible. Do you know? I, I heard a stat today that's kind of unbelievable. They went from first in the league in third down percentage, so forcing teams to punt on third down. <coughs> they did it the most this year. They're dead last in that in that stat. Dead last. They literally went from first to last. They're they're giving up a first down on third down 54% of the time. 54% of the time. There goes Derrick Henry again. Another touchdown. I remember Tanny missed AJ Brown on a fade. I remember Jason I remember thinking Jason Burles was absolutely crazy taking Derrick Henry first overall. Yep. He wasn't. As did I. He wasn't. <laughs> um, Michael, who's your second one? Yeah, I can't believe Derrick Henry just continues to do this week after week. It's a little absurd. But um, my second stock rising goes to a rookie running back, a later round running back who may be playing himself into a larger role, and that is Khalil Herbert of the Chicago Bears. If Damian Williams returns... Still on the COVID list. Um, it's no guarantee that Damian Williams even plays next week. Khalil Herbert, who played more snaps than him and saw more carries than him in week five, may make that an even larger difference in week seven. A very impressive week six performance against Green Bay. 19 rushes, 97 rushing yards, a touchdown. Only three targets and two receptions and 15 yards, but he was still um, running some routes out of the backfield. And he had a second rushing touchdown that he looked very limber on that was called back on like a very questionable holding call that was didn't really have much to do with the play anyway so he was a very close to having an even larger game and with David Montgomery still hurt um probably through the bye week you got three more games to go D will still still on the covert IR and Herbert having a very nice game in week seven this is a guy who may end up being a, a usable asset at least through the bye week and until David Montgomery returns so he was his. He was the uh, the cheaper option of the Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert, and I mean COVID just happened to get Damian Williams sat out last year 
because of COVID and then got COVID, which sucks for him. But um, ended up being a solid investment for anyone who ended up going and grabbing Khalil Herbert. A little bit of luck involved in it with the COVID IR designation for Damian Williams. But Herbert looked good last week, man. You sound like John Gruden right there. You don't want to sound like John Gruden right now, Michael. Oh, please. Why Why even saying that? That's, not a, that's, that's really messed up. Not a, not a good person to be associated with right now. Uh, but yeah. a good person to be associated with right now is Khalil Herbert. And I'm basically going to say some of the same things that you just said, except I'm going to say about Darrell Williams. Darrell Williams, before oh, yes. getting this opportunity, kind of like Herbert, you guys mentioned on the pod, on the, on the waiver pod, was already sneakily becoming a guy who was getting more playing time, a guy who was the goal line and pass catching back for the Chiefs. Yeah, he had 21 carries. Uh, I mean, 21 touches the two weeks prior to that CH injury week. So I I added him in a couple spots for cheap just because he was he had a role on that Chiefs offense before CH even got hurt. And now it just expanded even further to all that and more. Week four, 10 rushes, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Two receptions for 16 yards. Week five, five rushes for 27, three receptions for 18 yards. That's that's someone with a role. And then week six, he goes out and 62 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. Four targets, three receptions, 27 yards. Puts up in half PPR, 22.4 points. Now, he ends up as the RB6. I think that it's very important, though, to note that not only is this the highest running back fantasy output of the season in fantasy, Darrell Williams scored more points in this game than CEH has ever scored in his career. So you're talking about a guy who is already taking over some of that role, and who, when got the opportunity, delivered, particularly touchdowns and pass catching. I think that this is an opportunity where, look, he's not going to be RB6 when CEH comes back, but this is an opportunity where you have a guy who has a role in an offense, is going to play, and can maybe be a nice flex player for you. And, you know, kudos to you if you got him on the waiver wire because it looks like it's going to pay off a little more than you expected. Handsomely. Pay off handsomely. <laughs> handsomely, yes, Jay. Michael. Who's your who's your who's your next person? My uh final stock rising here, Tim, is the one and only Ricky Heels Bones. Also known as for whatever reason, Ricky Seals Jones. I don't know why people call him that, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> Six targets, four receptions, fifty eight yards, and a touchdown against KC. Coming off a nine target game against New Orleans. He took over that Logan Thomas role completely, 100% of the snaps basically, getting the targets that Logan Thomas was getting. This guy is a locked and loaded tight end one option for as long as Logan Thomas is out. Not something you expected to hear about Ricky Heels Bones this season, but that's how fantasy works. There's a lot of guys that you don't expect to hear from who end up having big seasons, and uh, Ricky Heels Bones is well on his way to being a already a weekly starter at the tight end position for as long as Logan Thomas remains on IR. Cole Beasley continues to matriculate down the field, and it kills me every single time he catches the ball. Oh, it's glorious. Because I said it. Um, I mean, honestly, Beasley could have got you 70 points, and I still would have beat you. So, 
That's very true. Um, yeah. I'm going to go tight end, too. So am I going tight end? And Ricky Seals-Jones, I, I will say this. He's been a good backup his entire career. His entire career. Yeah. Um, Max Williams is not the guy to pick up. He's on IR. But <laughs> in the in weeks, in three, I'm sorry, in two of his previous three in, not injured games. So he got injured in week five. In his not injured game. That's why I was trying to figure out how to say that. Week four, tight end six. Week two, tight end four. Now he put a tight end 26 in between there, but all... All tight ends do. The reason I'm telling you Max Williams' stats is because Zach Ertz is now an Arizona Cardinal. And he's my stock rising. But there is one more stock rising, and that's Dallas Goddard. Zach Ertz did enough this year to show you that at the very least, he's not done. Right? He still he still has something in the tank. He came out looking like the real Slim Shady this year. I don't know if you saw him. He's got he's got the dyed hair. The dyed hair, yeah. Yeah. Uh, screams like a guy who uh, wants to be considered as younger. Uh, he he wanted he wanted out. You know he he didn't like his role in the offense. He wanted out. He made it clear. He requested a trade. He didn't get it. He finally gets his trade, and I think it's because people see like, hey, this guy's not done. And so Zach Ertz goes to a place where Max Williams was getting work. This guy was getting legitimate work in week four, five targets, five receptions. Week three, three targets, three receptions. All right. Week two, seven targets, seven uh, seven receptions. So this is a guy who's getting work every single week. And Zach Ertz was not brought in to sit there and watch or to coach a tight end. No, Zach Ertz was, was brought in to make an impact. They traded a pick for him. So I think Zach Ertz... If you have him, I don't know why, but congratulations, it paid off. And then finally, on the other side, Dallas Goddard. This is a guy that people were hyping, but he's a split-time tight end. Now he doesn't have to split that time anymore. We've seen so far that I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts can't be good, but Jalen Hurts sucks so far in real life-wise. And so that's why he's hitting the tight end a lot, and he's using his legs a lot. Because he's been sucking in terms of being a quarterback and throwing to his wide receivers. So I think that Dallas Goddard continues to eat. And now he doesn't have to worry about losing any touchdowns or yards to Zach Ertz. I think that this is a wonderful, wonderful piece of news if you are rostering either of these two tight ends. I'll tell you one thing. Zach Ertz got a lot of attention this week on the waiver wire because Goddard was out with COVID on the COVID IR. I don't know if he got COVID or if he was just on the COVID IR. So people added him just to stream this week. Thanks. And then you're you're not going to drop him on Friday because he's in your starting lineup. And you get the news that he's traded to Arizona. And you're like, oh, shit, maybe I have a tight end going forward. So it was just any had a decent performance this week, probably going to end as a top 12 tight end. So whoever got lucky enough to add Zach Ertz, um, it's very, very solid couple of days that thursday and friday for the people who picked them up all right michael let's get uh let's get negative <laughs> let's end the let's day all sad with the stock down
The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Michael, whose market is absolutely deteriorating for you? Yeah, my first stock down, Tim, is another little bit of a in your face, in your face, in, in Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, against the Houston Texans, three targets, two receptions, 35 yards. Michael Pittman Jr. is someone I really had. A lot of people are saying he was a good buy low um, type of guy. Tim was one of those people. It's a good thing about Broto. You get differing opinions. That is um, good. You get to make knowledgeable decisions based on these differing opinions. But I was not sold on Michael Pittman because the offense, the the adjusted air yards were not nearly as kind as the regular air yards, which by adjusted air yards is so much better. True throw value of Carson Wentz is not something that screams out at you. I said T.Y. Hilton's on the mend. He's going to return. T.Y. Hilton returned and had a better game than Pittman. He's just not someone that I see having a being more than a semi-consistent, I suppose, you know, back and forth type of wide receiver three flex play for the rest of the season. And people who are hyping up him, hyping him up as maybe a every every week starter that you could trust. He really uh, shit the bet against Houston. So stock down on Michael Pittman with T.Y. Hilton's injury. I mean, T.Y. Hilton's return. Uh, fuck you, Mike. Uh, let's go over to the you next. You got one. it. <laughs> the Eagles' offense. I, I, oh, I, Cole Beasley just got down at like the half yard line. Are you kidding me? That would have won me a league. Oh, for crying out loud. Oh, ooh, I'm watching it now. Oh my. Oh, maybe not. Maybe that's a touchdown. No, I don't think so. But go ahead. Go ahead, Tim. Beasley thinks it's a touchdown. The Eagles' offense as a whole, stock falling. Ooh, that should be a touchdown. And they didn't they uh, didn't fucking throw a challenge and then he got stuffed trying to QB rush it in. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw things in this room. That please. was a touchdown. That was a touchdown by Beasley. Um the, yeah, the Eagles offense, everyone except Jalen Hurts, of course, who seems to be uh immune from having a bad fantasy game. Dude, I don't know what this entire Eagles regime is doing. Miles Sanders, 9 for 56 on the ground again, averaging 6.2 yards per carry, but only getting nine touches on the ground, 2 for 10 through the air. We thought that Kenneth Gainwell could have possibly a good game in this one. 1 for 1. 1 for 1. Devontae Smith, who we thought could have a good game, he 2 for 31. Quez Watkins was the leading receiver with 44 yards on three receptions. Ugly. Ugly. This game was nowhere near as close as the final score suggests, 28-22. to yeah. uh, This was a a bad showing by a bad team. And, I mean, man. it's another reason why I was, I was trying to tell people to calm down with the Devontae Smith love. Jeez Louise, everyone was saying you must start top 24 option this week. Because, like, you forget who we're talking about, a rookie wide receiver with Jalen Hurts on a on an offense that really isn't working out well right now. Like, chill out. Chill out. <laughs> chill out, man. Chill out, Michael. Who's your next guy? Oh, they just ran some sort of a 
trick play because Josh Allen caught a two point conversion to give him a seven point lead. And Mike Vrabel looks upset. <laughs> um, Michael, who is your next uh, stock down? My second stop falling. Damn, actually, this turned into a Tim roast section. Roast you, session. Why? Why is there more? I don't know. This is someone Tim has on his home league team who I dominated this week. And at this point, starting him just seems like an absolutely atrocious idea. And that's Allen Robinson. I mean, I have no one else. Four, <laughs> four receptions for 53 yards against a D- Green Bay defense missing Jair Alexander and Kevin King. There's just enough is enough at this point. Justin Fields, let's not act like this dude is playing well. He is not at all. Um, that offense as a whole has been absolutely atrocious. Um, I tweeted about this today. J- Justin Fields has 18 sacks on 99 pass attempts. That is one sack per five and a half pass attempts. That's wild. Absolutely ridiculous. He has 900 less passing yards on average than the top 10 sacked quarterbacks around him. It is like next level type shit. And it's not all his offensive line's fault. He also just holds the ball ridiculously long. He is not ready to be an NFL starting quarterback. He's not. And he's just being thrown into the fire because I guess that's what pressure does to you when you're an NFL head coach on the hot seat. And it's just that whole offense is looking really, really ugly right now. And Allen Robinson, I don't, I mean, this guy, how can you trust him as anything, as anything in your starting lineup at this point? He's, he hasn't had a single double digit performance without a bye week heading into week seven. And he's been healthy. It's absurd. It's, it's, it's disappointing. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with that. It's, it's particularly because he's not seeing the field. Like just Justin feels like he's having a major problem reading the field. There was a play, I don't know if you saw it, but where the coverage just broke down and Allen Robinson went deep and he was by himself with no one around him. And Justin Fields tucked it and like threw a f- 5 to 10 yard out to someone else. And it was just like Allen Robinson afterwards was just like his body language was just like defeated. And I'm talking about no one else. I'm talking about that would have been a, that would have been like a 60, 70 yard touchdown pass, no problem. And you know, when you got a guy that's not seeing that kind of situation, then you have to you have to consider the fact that hey, maybe he's not ready, but you also can't take him out. It's just it's a catch twenty two. I I think that he was put in a little too early, in my opinion. Um, even though that wasn't my opinion then, hindsight is twenty twenty. Uh, let's go to my next ones: Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Look, the reason why their stock is down is because you thought it was going to be, oh yeah, you know, two out of three of these guys are going to be fantasy relevant every single week, but it turns out that that's not the case. Um, Leonard Fournette's back in the picture. And when Leonard Fournette takes a lot of fantasy points away, uh, a lot of touchdowns away, a lot of the stuff that they needed to go to Mike Evans at the goal line last year, they're going to Fournette now. And Antonio Brown is on the team. It's important to note that Antonio Brown is on the team. <laughs> and, and, you know, I was looking at the, the information. Like, Brown is not the slot receiver there. You know, Godwin is, is playing more out of the slot than... Antonio Brown is. Antonio Brown's an outside receiver, and he's not anywhere near done. Antonio Brown, last time we saw this guy, he had 
a giant contract that he was going to play for the Raiders, going to play for John Gruden, and instead, now we're here, still a better receiver, in my opinion, than Mike Evans, who is one of the better receivers in the league, but he's not Antonio Brown. He doesn't do as much. He's he's more of a one-dimensional type guy. And Man, Chris, Mike Evans is always going to get disrespected. He's one of the best. I agree. Like wide receivers. Ever he's just not as good as Antonio like Brown. That's all I'm saying. Antonio Brown's a legend. Like Mike Williams is is a great player. I take nothing away from Mike Williams. Mike, I Evans, mean Mike man. Evans. Jeez Louise. But you can't play him and expect wide receiver one performances every week. It's obvious because the games where he doesn't perform, he's gonna kill you. And yeah. it sucks rostering that. It sucks. I I almost made a trade for Mike Evans in one of our leagues, and I was just like, I, I don't want to play this roller coaster. I don't want to ride this roller coaster because you're going to. And it seems like out of everyone on the Buccaneers, the safest player is Leonard Fournette. Who would have thought? And the safest receiver is Antonio Brown. Who would have thought? So I think that, I think that you know it's it's tough sledding right now for Chris Godwin, who had another mediocre game. Like Chris Godwin is just like. 10 points, 10 points, 10 points, 10 points. So it's just, uh, it's my stock is down for both these guys. Yeah, fair enough. That's the issue with the um, the Tampa Bay offense. It's so damn good, but one, of, one or two of the guys is always going to have to be left out to dry a little bit because of how deep they are. Facts. My what? final stock falling, Tim is a, a guy who... This was a terrible, terrible spot to absolutely dud and really makes you question if this guy needs should keep being ranked as a top 10 receiver at this point because it's just been very up and down, and that's scary Terry McLaurin. The talent is there. We all know that, but this is now four of six games with 8.2 or less fantasy points, and the Kansas City passing defense has been Really, really bad to start the season, and Terry McLaurin went four for 28. A lot of this has to do with quarterback play, and actually Ryan Fitzpatrick might come back soon. I don't know what I was looking at. I was under the inception that under the assumption that this was like Taylor Henneke's team, but apparently Ryan Fitzpatrick might be back soon. Um, either way, man, Terry McLaurin has been very up and down, and this was a huge spot where you're like, he needs to take advantage of this opportunity, and he did not. And it was a very, very rough performance out of McLaurin, and the ups and downs are really starting to be a, get a little bit too much, in my opinion, to keep ranking this guy as like a top-10 option because I know the huge upside is there, but, man, he's becoming like another uh, Tyler Lockett type, which is not not ideal. It's... And A.J. Brown is having uh, quite a second half, up to like four catches and – 50 yards in the second half. So, AJ Brown's coming to life. Hey, maybe he just needed a week to get everything together. My last stock down is Tyler Boyd. Uh, Tyler Boyd completely disappeared in this game. Uh, one catch for seven yards for Tyler Boyd. And, well, you know, he was a good option when Auden Tate was outside. But you have a guy now who, in Joe Burrow, who is seeing the field way better than he did as a rookie. I'll say I'll say that like Joe Burrow has taken major steps um forward this year. Jamar Chase who there 
I was listening to a um a the Around the NFL podcast. Um which is a great podcast. And they were talking about Jamar Chase possibly being the best deep threat in the NFL already in his first six games. Um yeah. you know, T. Higgins is a superstar. You got Joe Mixon who demands the ball a lot. I just don't think that there's a lot of room for Tyler Boyd right now. And in his specialty, what he does, there's just not a lot of room on this team for that right now. So I think it's just unfortunate. And um yeah, I think it I think it's an unfortunate situation that just Tyler Boyd is just the last man out. And when you look at Tyler Boyd, not only are you worried about, hey, is he going to get the looks? Is he going to get the X? Is he going to get the Y? Is he going to get the Z? But also, you have to look at him from a schedule perspective. Because now, his upcoming schedule is looking extremely bad. At Baltimore. At the Jets. who The Jets are 30th in the league against, against the wide receiver. Uh, 30th least points. 30... Like, the second, best. the third best the in the league. Best. Yeah, third yeah. best. All right, so third best in the league gets wide receiver points. And then Cleveland, and then a bye, and then Las Vegas, and then Pittsburgh, and then the Chargers, and then the Niners, and then the Broncos, and then the Ravens. That is a hardcore matchup. Those are hardcore matchups. So if you're asking me who am I taking the chance on in this Cincinnati wide receiver room in those games, it's Jamar Chase, it's T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. It just he just seems like he's the odd man out, so his stock is way down. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, this is why we didn't really like Tyler Boyd this year as a fantasy option. Um, because what were you gonna get from him weekly, right? AJ Brown is up to six for seventy in the second half, so nice half for AJ Brown. Like, what are you gonna get weekly from Tyler Boyd in an offense that like has two alpha type receivers and Higgins and Chase? Chase and Higgins really are. It's super great tandem, though. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch with Joe Burrow these next few years. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. Tyler Boyd is certainly not someone that uh, I've been keen on this season and has not been has not been ideal for him in the games where all three wide receivers are healthy and playing. Michael, since you dunked on me so much today, I'm going to let you do the outro. Go ahead. You want me to do the outro? Go ahead. Thanks for listening. Later. I'm kidding. Um, you can find me at Brodo FF Mike, Tim. At Brodo FF Tim. Jason at Brodo FF Jason. Cass at Brodo FF Casanova. Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy to support the show. We very much appreciate all of our patrons and we'll very much appreciate any of you who come on and join us. The Discord is a tremendous community. The waiver pod, the DFS lineups have been crushing it. The picks, like even betting now, Santiago's. Um, betting formula has been crushing it. You get all that and more if you join the Patreon. So come come along and do that. The Broto app, of course, for stats, usage numbers faster than anywhere else. A start sit tool, player cards, all that good stuff. And yeah, that's about it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we will be back tomorrow for the patrons for the waiver pod. And then Thursday night, as always, for the final two pods of the week the two review pods for week seven so let's go out there and win some games folks not bad Later. mike not bad hey yeah you're better at it that's why you're the host <laughs> <laughs> Later. Later.